0: Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste.
1: I'm Natalie D.
0: Today we're talking about
1: money. Before I forget, this episode was suggested by Superman TD Jesus in the Discord.
0: Thanks, Superman. If you haven't joined the Discord, Patreon.com/GarbageBrainUniversity. That's where we take suggestions for all new episodes. And if we have enough time, your idea will be an episode. <laughs> right. Natalie. How do,
1: you like, how, how do you like your money?
0: I like my money in my pockets, baby. Give me that stimmy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to use money orders, cashier's checks.
0: I haven't done that in such a long time.
1: Traveler's checks. With the Q U E.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, you Canadian now?
1: Yes. Yes, bitch.
0: Remember how they don't even cuss up there?
1: Yeah. I told this story about how everyone in Canada looked at me when I said, God damn it, outside one time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know they used to tell you when you're going somewhere, get traveler's checks. I'm still not totally sure what they are. But before we find out about that, Natalie, what is... Money.
1: Money is any item or verifiable record that is generally accepted as payment for goods and services and repayment of debts.
0: Yeah, right there on that green rectangle, this money is legal tender for all debts.
1: Yes. So, like anything you got to pay for, anything that someone would accept in exchange for what you are trying to trade it for is money.
0: It's a way to assign an, an easily exchangeable, quantifiable value. To something and have a neutral exchange point so we're not all stuck trading bottles of water for mangoes.
1: Right. Money has four functions. This is the only, this is the most economics we're going to do in this episode at all because my attention span. Is like a little tiny baby attention span. He's just a little guy. He doesn't Aww. want to read about economics.
0: But he tries really hard. So there's four
1: things that money is supposed to do, right? The four functions. It's a medium of exchange. It's a unit of account. It's a store of value and a standard of deferred payment.
0: Okay so a medium of exchange, that means whatever you've got, if somebody will give you money for it, that's good enough.
1: Mm-hmm. A unit of account is when they look at a business, for example, and say, oh, this business economy is like this, and they are selling this product, and this is what the predictions are for this market. This is how much profit they made for the last however many years, and this is their projected profit, and this and that. And so they're able to say this business is worth a million dollars, right?
0: Oh, so like on stock market or Shark Tank.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. So it's a way of like monitoring performance of like a business.
0: Hello sharks, did you know that toilet paper is a 4 billion dollar business worldwide?
1: <laughs> We're here to show you toilet paper buddy.
0: <laughs> I think my favorite Shark Tank Trope is that everybody calls their product buddy.
1: Right. Well, I mean, if I made a product, I would hope it would be my buddy.
0: Are you like me? Are you an aquarium owner and you're tired of massaging your fish by hand? That's why I created Fish Buddy. <laughs> So what's the, what's the next one?
1: A uh, store of value. So that is like you can put it in the savings or use it as like a financial tool or whatever. It right. has like a set value and you can put it to the side and come back later and it still has that value.
0: Okay. So like a bank when you deposit money in a bank. Or a credit union, and your money's pooled with everybody else, and they have your little—they uh-huh. have your little tabulation that says you got five hundred bucks in there, right?
1: Right, and so, and then the standard for payment, then that is saying what the value of your debt is.
0: Okay, so like when you go to school, and then they rack you up, and then they say you owe sixty-eight thousand dollars, and then ten years later, after you've been paying on it, and you check in, they say you owe sixty-eight thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> right.
0: As is the case in the world, there's always something worse. When we were kids, we used to say, what's grosser than gross? And it turns out there's always something grosser. Right. And there is something worse than student debt. But that seems like something you could administrate away. Mm -hmm. Many of the world's ills are not easily deleted. (laughs)
1: Right. Especially, like, when you think about it, how everyone's just using fiat money, and most of it is imaginary computer number money. Who gives a shit? It's not real, baby.
0: Well, (laughs) I had several moments in my life and it really took me comprehensively until I was an adult to really wrap them all together into me understanding that I have a hatred and a refusal to comply with authority. I just don't recognize authority. Any other person that was born out of another person is on the same level as me. You know, I like to go through GeoGuessr, and sometimes you end up up in these places. You end up in Lagos, Nigeria. You end up on on a rural route in Kenya. You end up in the middle of Brazil, and you see people walking down the road. And that's part of why I like to do that, because you think about, what if I had... What if I was had a huge bunch of bananas in each hand and I was walking down the road? Mm-hmm. And I've been clicking on this road for five minutes. I've gone like 10 or 15 kilometers down the road and I encounter this guy and I know there's nothing behind me uh-huh. the way I'm going. That guy's <laughs> guy gonna walk 15 kilometers and flip-flops. Mm-hmm. What if I was that guy? Mm-hmm. That's why I don't believe in authority. I'm that guy. I'm the same guy as that guy. Right. I just lucked into having... A different job. Right. <laughs> and if you think about it, saying your ideas into the internet is about as hard as carrying bananas 15 or 20 kilometers every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just as hard. Right, right. But I shouldn't have any power over anybody.
1: I don't believe it that... I have power over other people, and I don't... And like like you, I don't believe other people have any power over me. That's probably what I liked about you. Your refusal to recognize authority. I guess I like that. I also refuse to recognize it. You're not my it, fucking boss.
0: And you know that's... <laughs> um, if kids do that, they check off on a list that there's something wrong with the kid. You know what they all... I mean, they also like to say, Oh, this kid can't sit still in extremely boring school. It's his fault.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't know. My whole thing has always been like, I promise to harm none, but y'all need to fucking stay out of my way and stay off my nuts.
0: I promise
1: to harm nobody. Yeah. Get off my fucking sack.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm gonna gonna do what I want to do. And generally what I want to do is like positive stuff. Right. I want to have a good time. I want to make my friends laugh. I want to make art and stuff, right? But I just don't, respect authority at all. And that's what makes it hard for me to do something like invest in stock market. Mm -hmm. Because a very long time ago, I had some extra money, I stashed a couple grand in in a retirement account, right? I don't contribute a lot to it because I'm not gonna retire, right? It's just not gonna happen. I talk to my accountant or whatever because, you know, if you're self-employed, you have this hell of this thick stack of paper and somehow you end up owing random amounts of tax and it's a fucking mess. But the accountant kept saying, you know, invest your retirement, invest your retirement. And I think she had this idea that I had like millions of dollars Mm -hmm. stashed away, which unfortunately I don't. So I went and I talked to the investment guy and the investment guy was like so condescending. And he's like, just give me your money, dumbass. And I was (laughs) like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. In fact... I think that if your world is so small that you've been man- you've managed to focus on the values of these imaginary values of securities and stocks and futures and options and investments if this is what rings your bell I don't trust you. I think you're the psycho.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've devoted your entire life into fucking meaningless craven like grubbery
0: it's it's like the grindiest video game. Right. Except you don't even get little animals right. that you capture.
1: All you get is an ulcer.
0: You get an ulcer and you're playing an <laughs> infinite game of number go up and you're not really in control.
1: And you get to you get to be at home hanging out like 4 hours a week.
0: What well, sounds great. <laughs> person has no authority over me.
1: No, I, you know what? Let's be real here, okay? My entire life is like a manifestation of you are not my boss. No one fucking tells me what I'm going to fucking wear. No one fucking tells me where I'm going to be. No one fucking tells me to pick up the phone. No one fucking tells me shit. And so you're going to tell me that some guy, because he has a necktie on, he gets to tell me what to do. Are you fucking crazy? (laughs) no you don't fight no one tells me shit I, y'all are lucky that i I have a fantastic heart and I believe that like I believe in like goodness and spreading good vibes throughout the world because if I didn't I would be a fucking psychopath <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I can't imagine. This is a personality type. This is just my personality and it's just yours. Some people really like following rules. Uh-huh. No, not. But when I see the when I see the rule, if the rule is like, "Hey, stop here cuz cars are coming the other way," that's a way to keep people from running their cars into each other. Right. Don't get me wrong. I am a safe driver. I don't flagrantly disrespect all rules, but every rule comes with a question to me of why am I following this?
1: Right, if I'm following the rule in order to further the public good, to prevent other people from being injured, to prevent other people from not getting getting the things that they need, like, that kind of stuff. I will follow those rules. I want everyone to get what they have coming to them yeah. that they deserve. Yeah. I want everyone to be safe. I will always wear a mask because I'm not here to, like, make people sick. If there is a rule, though, that it is firmly in, this, in the wheelhouse, that that's none of your fucking business, then you will never get me to fucking... Acknowledge that as being a legitimate issue in my life.
0: No. And I have ideas of personal freedom that are maybe transgressive, at least in America, but probably in a lot of places in the world. Like, I don't think that trespassing is real. You go where you want. And if you're not committing other crimes, if you're not invading anybody's privacy, it's really not a crime, like on a God level. I feel like you you know what you're doing, okay? If you want to walk, if there's woods and you're going to walk through woods and you're going to leave everything alone and you're there to fucking respect nature and you're there to love the world, trespassing is not real. One thing is that everybody when I was growing up always told me to follow the rules. Nobody ever told me that it was okay to not follow follow the rules. I think that's why I always liked Martin Luther King. I was like, this guy was like, wait, if there's a rule that's immoral, you not only don't have to follow it, but you should probably peacefully oppose it in the name of humanity. Right. We were in a library. We were looking up historical books. Do you remember this? We went down into the bowels of the library and we had to have somebody unlock a cabinet full of like old books. Do you remember this? This has
1: happened many times. I don't remember this specifically. Well, we
0: had had our kid with us. Okay. We were down looking through the books and we had our phones. We were taking photos of the books because you don't take the books with you. You handle them gently, right? Uh And she kept poking me and being like, dad, dad. And I'm like, what? What's up? She points to a sign on the wall that says no cell phones. And she goes, you can't use your cell phone in here. And I looked at her and I said, signs aren't laws. And she was like, what? I was like, just because a sign tells you to do something, That doesn't mean you have to do it. If you're not hurting anybody and you're not bothering anybody and you're not damaging anybody's property, you do what you want. But I saw her eyes light up and she was like, oh, (laughs) like I was the one that flipped that switch that said you don't. You don't have to do what a sign says. A sign may tell you that consequences may occur if somebody catches you doing something they don't want you to do, but that's different than a law. Enforcement is the whole of the law, and if you do something wrong in a library, this is why I love libraries. The worst that's going to happen is an extremely nice person is going to come over and say, excuse me, we can't do that in here. And you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Do you need the book back? No, but you can't take it home. Okay, cool.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm just very like, fucking make me. Fucking
0: make me. But you know the thing is, the whole fact that the whole monetary system is fake doesn't mean that Bitcoin is real. Bitcoin is also fake. All of these new currencies.
1: Are even faker than the original one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's faker than fake? Bitcoins.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what's faker than fake and, and, and faker than Bitcoin is the coins.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: What, I, any, any other coin is even fucking worse. Like, who's making money off of, like, some eighth tier cryptocurrency?
0: I'll put it to you this way. It's shaped like a pointed object, and only the people at the top make the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Here's a, here's a hint. If they can close down the exchange whenever whenever it is worth a lot to avoid you selling the financial tool that you have to sell. If, if they will put up barriers to you selling it in order to keep the value of it up, then it's not legitimate.
0: That would be like if the grocery had a sale on apples, and while apples were real cheap, and people are like, oh, I'm gonna get some, some Fuji apples. Those are crunchy boys, right? I'm mm-hmm. gonna head in, I get 10 Fuji apples. And you came to the register, and the clerk is like, oh, we're closed. Right. We can't sell you these apples. Right. And then when the sale ends and the price goes back up, the cashier is like, lane three is open. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly what It's like
1: that's not if you're if your financial instrument is like bait and switch and you can only sell it when the people who run the market are poised to like make more money off of it and not when they're out to like lose any money, then what you have is not real.
0: And also anything invented by by this current generation of tech bros is is going to be worse than the already abusive mechanism set in place by the federal government 200 odd years ago.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> it just it's going to be worse. It's going to somehow involve more slavery.
1: It's going to somehow not only be like a fucking a fucking fake currency that is like backed by nothing and is, like, completely valueless unless the people who run the market are in the mood to let you sell it. Like, not only all of that, but also we're going to find a way for it also to burn a fucking huge ton of resources and spew carbon into the atmosphere also. Which, you know, cash money doesn't do as much.
0: Yeah, the last time I checked, the entire processing capacity of Bitcoin used more power than the country of Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a pretty... Most of the people in Denmark have electricity.
1: Right, right. Money did exist before Bitcoin. Money in a country usually will consist of coins and banknotes. Then people will also have like... Banks with checking accounts and savings accounts and all that kind of shit, right? Um, And the majority of the money that gets used in developed countries is called bank money, which is just like only transferring records back and forth. It is all just on computers.
0: So they just click it over and say that somebody else owns this money now?
1: Uh Uh-huh. It's just a a big computer program that's just transferring Mario points back and forth. (laughs) Like, I have five points now, you have seven points, and you gave me three points. Now I have eight points and you have four points.
0: Well, the original original idea was that we had a whole bunch of gold locked up in Fort Knox. Uh Uh-huh. Right. That was the and Fort Knox is just down in Kentucky.
1: Yeah. That's where I keep my gold.
0: Yeah, it would be. That's the nation's store of gold. As far as we know, there's probably, you know, it may be gone. There's conspiracies. A lot of that leaks into like right wingy stuff and they say all kinds of crazy shit about it. But what is true is that the nation is no longer tied to a standard of value. But most nations aren't right most nations just have currency and the money, the, the nation has their own money, and then they can print money so they can make money that the government owns because the government issues the money. So the government can print $100 million in bills, and then the government has that money and the government can spend that money at the cost of devaluing the currency because the country still owns the same amount of assets. So when they talk about printing money, that's essentially what they mean. Yeah. And the country's been off of the gold standard for, I couldn't tell you how long. Since the
1: 70s. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So when did people start having money? They first started bartering probably 100,000 years ago. But when people were bartering, it was not like an economy the only time people would actually barter is if they were exchanging things with strangers or if it was somebody that they didn't like
0: okay
1: because up until a certain point human societies had gift economies where they would just give you with you want an apple here you go Wow. And then the understanding is like, you know, later when you have four bananas, you'll give them a banana. Right.
0: right. Right. And the idea is that everybody is sharing resources and the communities are so small.
1: Right. It's like a small group of people and they freely share their, their what they have. And there's like, there's even like an idea, like there's not really unique property probably.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes sense given the resources they had at the time. Right. It would be silly for people to to gather up their own little bunches of stuff and sort of hoard them and try to try to bilk all the other people out of theirs.
1: Right. You know, as things progressed and as communities got larger and as people started specializing in the things that they would have and they would need to trade more with other people in order to get the things that they would need they started having commodity money which would be something that ha- you would trade something that had value whatever that was it wasn't centralized it wasn't something that was like decided upon it was like i'll give you a bunch of wheat
0: okay something that had Value to most people, right?
1: Something that everybody needed, and so it was like, okay, everyone knows that you know, a pound of wheat is going to get you like a half of a loaf of bread, and so that is worth like a cup of olive oil.
0: (laughs) And so you could you could have wheat, and so you could trade it to somebody, and they could either just hold on to it until they needed something, or they could turn the wheat into bread.
1: When they started using, when they started having money, when they would have they when they started having coins the coins then were a representation of whatever that commodity was.
0: Oh. And so
1: now you don't have to carry the wheat and shit around with you.
0: So you would have a little silver coin that had some wheat stamped into it and it says this represents a pound of wheat or whatever. Right. Okay. And this is way before like the Romans started putting Julius on their, right. On their coins. Okay.
1: Right. And so the first coins that they had were in 3000 BC. Wow. In Mesopotamia. The coins were uh, Mesopotamian shekel. And a shekel was the equivalent of 160 grains, which is a unit of weight of barley. Okay. So 160 grains is like a little bit over a third of an ounce.
0: Oh wow! So not so not even that much. You would think you would think they would need them to be worth more.
1: Well, I I think they would have them small so that way, you, they, so yes, yeah, so they wouldn't be divisible. But a lot of money is they would cut it in pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah, like pieces of eight, or like they used to have pennies. They used to cut pennies in half uh-huh. and have a haypenny. penny.
1: In Mesopotamia, they would have coins. And then in the Americas and Asia and Africa and Australia, the people around in those areas would use shells, and they would trade. They would use shells as their money, and they would use like calories.
0: And so that must have been an inflationary economy then, because anytime you needed money, you could just go down to the beach.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe they had value. Maybe the 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 shell itself had value, and so it was like a com it was like a commodity currency. Okay. In 650 to 600 BC, they started making the first stamped coins, like the ones where they had, like, the guy's head on them. And those were usually made out of gold and silver. And they were first made by the Lydians, who were some ancient people. And they would use... Obviously, with with that, the gold and the silver of the coin is the value of it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And you would then put it in the bank and they would give you the receipts showing that you had put the put the gold or silver coins into the bank.
0: Oh, really? So they had banks then already.
1: Right. And so the receipts then that they would get for depositing their coins were then usable as money as well.
0: Oh, and that must have led to paper cur- uh, like mm. banknotes. Right. Oh, a receipt is literally a bank note that says that you have 10 coins in the bank so Uh if you gave that to somebody else they could go take your coins out Uh wow okay
1: the first actual printed paper money was in china during the song dynasty and that was in the 7th century and they had paper money and commodity money and coins as well so they had all of it but that is where having especially like purposely printed paper money came from
0: Instead of just having a receipt mm-hmm. that says, this is worth this much, signed me. Right. The banknote makes a lot of sense. I never understood that was, like, where it came from. And that explains why the Secretary of the Treasury signs our bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a Secretary of the Treasury. God, was he under Obama? His name was Jack Lew, L E W. And his signature is the most foolish thing I've ever seen. And I'm a person who does not have a beautiful boomer signature. My parents both had beautiful cursive signatures because they were trained to write in cursive and they were forced to write in cursive. And they were told growing up, and it was true for them, that you have to have beautiful handwriting and a beautiful signature to be respected and to be able to communicate, you know, to write people letters on paper. Mm-hmm. And we were told, of course, growing up, your cursive writing has to be nice, and you have very nice cursive writing, Mm -hmm. Natalie. Uh, My signature, I have come to devolve my signature so it has a specific form, but it's not representative of my name. Jack Lew took this several steps further, and his signature literally looks like if you're trying to get your pen started— and you just make a series of loops (laughs) on paper. You can look it up if you want.
1: It's J-A-C-K-L-E-W. Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it looks so dumb.
0: It almost kind of looks like he's trying to draw a little tiny tornado.
1: For comparison, a previous treasurer person was Mary Ellen Withrow, who was from where I was from in Marion, Ohio. And her signature was beautiful.
0: She has a very nice classic gorgeous. 20th century cursive writing signature. Yeah, Perfect very
1: nice. Perfect good- gorgeous.
0: That doesn't look out of place at all.
1: Looks like someone had a dollar and met her and made her sign it.
0: Yeah, because there's her signature bigger on a different place than the dollar. That's <laughs> funny. Wow. <laughs> if I... Oh, shit, though. If I met her, I would have her sign my dollar, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Because you know she's going to do a good job.
1: Uh-huh. I like it how it just looks like the same signature, only really bigger in a different spot. And So it looks like the remix. They- <laughs>
0: By the time you get to be the treasurer of the United States of America, imagine how many times you've signed your fucking name. A lot. And if you really, if you do that beautiful signature tech, that's just going to be muscle memory. Just like Jack little tornado is encoded in his hand. He doesn't even have to think about it.
1: And you know what? If you're going to be the secretary of the treasury of the whole entire fucking America, like if you're into that shit... Like, you would be like, I'm the fucking best at being the nerd about money. I'm the fucking best at this money shit. I'm... Oh, my God, I'm the fucking best. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you want to make sure that people could read your name on that dollar bill? You'd be fucking making sh- – I would be making sure that you goddamn sure you could fucking read my name on that dollar bill because I'm on the dollar bill, bitch.
0: If you move all the way through the bureaucracy to the top of that system, you would think you'd have to be so far up your own ass – that you would cultivate that as a sort of American psycho type thing. Like my signature.
1: I'm on the dollar. I'm like George Washington, bitch. That's what I would be like. like, I've been a fucking penny pusher, quarter counter for my entire fucking life fucking adding up all these imaginary numbers for people with their fucking money and all i've been doing is this stupid math shit for my whole life on some fucking dumb dumb shit just because i wanted to be at the best at counting beans and here i am i'm on the fucking dollar and you are going to fucking read my name
0: if you get all the way to the top of the pyramid and then you are the eye in the pyramid. Right. And you accept this. That it's is...
1: Ins- it's, it's insulting to me how he would sign it like that. Have you, you no know, sense of, like, appreciating your success? Where are you going to go from here that this is not where you're going to celebrate yourself?
0: I would <laughs> say that if my signature was ever visible, it's only ever maybe briefly visible to the person at the grocery when I signed the Didn't little Didn't you draw,
1: thing. like, a bunch of cats on there once?
0: <laughs> I went through a time for a year or so when... I would just write different stuff and I would draw pictures and stuff and it never seemed to affect anything but after a certain point it's just I I think I did it and I thought something would happen and nothing ever did and so I quit doing that but I'll tell you what the cats is from there was a guy online who went around and whenever there was a signature pad on something he would draw little cats and he put it on his, uh, I think he put it on his driver's license. They said sign it, and he was just, he thought he would do that. Like, I never I never do that shit. I always play it straight with the government. They always get so pissy about everything, right?
1: Right, right. You
0: know, go trespass. If there's a field and there's nobody in the field and you're not going to break anything, go trespass. If you're going
1: to end up on a list, do it for something good.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like my dad always told me. He said, you know, Drew, you never go into a store and fucking steal something that's $2. If you're going to commit theft, just save it. Just steal something gigantic once. Uh Font of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't fuck around on your driver's license, okay? It's a fucking database. Right. They send this shit to the airlines. Anyway, so what happened was he would always do this funny little thing. He would draw cats, and then it came time for him to buy a house, And him and his partner were going through all the paperwork and sitting down with the realtor and everything. And they said, you know, get out your driver's license because mortgage contract is like apart from student loans, it's like the most serious thing most people ever encounter Mm -hmm. in their financial life. He gets out his driver's license and he starts to sign. He he signs one of the forms like whatever his name is and The realtor and whoever else is like, okay, stop. They're like, your signature on your driver's license is three cats. So on every single one of these forms, you have to draw three cats. And he did. And he sat there for an hour and his fucking hand was cramping up and he had to draw cats on everything. (laughs) Because because it had to match his driver's license, yeah. Right, (laughs)
1: right.
0: Yeah, and so don't recognize authority, but don't let opposition to authority consume more of your time than it should. Cultivating a life where you do not recognize authority does not mean that you have to defy it all the time.
1: My refusal to recognize authority means that Not only can you not tell me what to do, but you get absolutely zero real estate in my head. Yeah. I do not think about you. I do not worry about you. To me, you do not exist. It's not that I'm like, I'm out to get you authority. It's like, you you don't exist to me. You are nothing to me.
0: Oh, I was just talking about this a couple days ago with a few people and... They were talking about, oh, work says this or, or you have to do this. And, and this was another step in in my dealings with authority is that I remember when I was in school and they would have mandatory pep rallies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah.
0: And, <laughs> you know, I just, I went to them as a matter of course. they who've, Who's got pep? We've got pep. You have to go to them, right? It's right. just where you go. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? And one day I was like... Well, there's no there's no attendance. There's
1: no attendance ever. There's
0: no cameras. Students weren't being scanned. I'm sure these days, your microchip inside <laughs> of of your school ID has to be beeped through. and then they track you in, they lock the doors. <laughs> and they go through everybody's transparent backpacks and pull their lip smackers out to punish them <laughs> right. You've been found guilty of the crime of being a child in institutionalized America, so <laughs> I realized because it was the nineties, I realized that i was did not have to go. I would always just go in the bathroom and wait and then I'd just like go walk around or i bum around the school and one day I remember I asked the computer teacher I was like, "I'm going to skip the pep rally. Can I stay in here?" He's like, "I didn't see you." <laughs> So I would just go I would go hide out I think I did that for the last couple of years so that happened and then they would have these mandatory meetings at work mandatory this mandatory after work you have to do this and that, that took me about a few months and I was like that's not mandatory because the crazy thing is that like breathing eating sleeping that's mandatory right Going to an extra thing after work that I'm not getting paid for is not only not mandatory...
1: The only way you make it mandatory for me is if you're
0: giving me money. And enforcement is the whole of the law. If there's no repercussions for me not doing something mandatory, you cannot in good conscience argue that it's mandatory to begin with. Right. If somebody tells you to do something and it's not something you're going to do, you're not obligated to argue about it. Right. You just don't do it, and you don't talk about it, and if they ask you about it, you say, oh, I'm not going to do that. You put them back on their heels. I'm not going to do that. You talk to them very calmly. You make them understand that they're the insane one. I'm not saying. I'm not a manipulator. I'm terrible at manipulating people. What I am very good at is being extremely calm about the fact that I'm just not gonna do something.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not going to.
0: Okay, so you're gonna come over here and you're gonna do this. Um no, I'm not gonna do that. What are we doing next? Right. You'd be surprised at how not you, Natalie, but the proverbial <laughs> you would be surprised. And how often that works. It's not a matter of not doing something to prove a point. It's a matter of the fact that you're a person. You're valuable. Your time is finite. Your time is the most valuable thing you'll ever have. And it's ticking down. It's ticking down. It's valuable. You own it. Nobody else is obligated to that. Dr. King would agree with me, I think.
1: <laughs> Probably. one thing he loved was podcasters
0: if dr king were here and i would love to have him as a guest on this podcast were such a thing possible (laughs) i think he would agree that trespassing is not real
1: right okay so on the topic of paper money we didn't really get to this part i i really like this when i was reading about this so um people in europe did not really get paper money Until the 1600s in Stockholm. But the first time that people in Europe heard about paper money was from Marco Polo. Marco Polo, when he went to China, saw them using paper money there. And he wrote a book when he came back from traveling around, right? He had a book about his travels. And in his book, he had... A chapter in the, t- the title of the chapter was how the great Khan causeth the bark of trees made into something like paper to pass for money all over his country.
0: Ah. <laughs> he knew
1: he was like, how's this guy? This is amazing. This guy is running an economy with paper It's made of trees. He's taking the shit off the trees. He's turning it into paper. And they're using that to run this fucking shit. This this shit is fucking bananas. I need to put this in my book.
0: What, only 300 years later <laughs> yeah, right. they started using people, it?
1: In- people adopted it within like 300 years of him being like, hey, you, you heard of this? So when they started issuing paper money in Europe, all the monetary systems were on the gold standard where there were fixed quantities of gold associated with like X number of paper notes these paper notes then replaced people using gold currency until it eventually was like not a thing anymore by the ni- by the 19th century. They made the paper notes legal tender. They made it so they were very much discouraging people from trading their money in for the gold. They're like, we're going to keep the gold, just use the money, right?
0: Yup, uh-huh.
1: And by the beginning of the 20th century... Almost all of the countries in the world were set on a gold standard where their legal tender was backed by a fixed amount of gold. World War II happened and they had something called the Bretton Woods Conference where all of these countries got together to discuss like financial shit after World War II. And at the Breton Woods Conference, most of the different countries that were there all decided that they were going to tie their currency to the U.S. dollar instead of the gold standard. And then the U.S. dollar was gold standard. Okay. And so they staked their currency on us and we were on gold. And then in 1971, the U.S. government suspended the convertibility of U.S. currency to gold and so they they took us off the gold standard in 1971 which then took the whole world off the gold standard
0: so you have to ask yourself why did they do that
1: because they wanted to print money baby
0: they <laughs> own the gold mm-hmm. and i remember you and i both we used to be on a forum a little small closed forum nothing anybody would have heard of and there was a guy that kept saying buy gold buy gold right Mm -hmm. and we all used to make fun of him and then in about the 10 or 12 years after that this was in the early '00s, uh, the price of gold went up tenfold you know did he know something i don't know was he paranoid was he involved in like right-wing anti-semitic conspiracy theories i think i think that's why we didn't trust him but the price of gold did go up (laughs) And so leaving aside all of the bigotry and the ultra right-wing stuff, the government owns the gold and we use the money. Uh The money is not the gold. They make more of the money so the money we have keeps getting devalued. That's why things cost more. The government keeps the gold. And because money is worth less, the value of the gold keeps going up. Mm -hmm. The government kept the gold. You can no longer get your gold back. Mm -hmm. And so the government is amassing an enormous amount of money Mm -hmm. just hoarding it. All the while saying that we can't afford Social Security and we can't afford Medicare for All. We can't afford all this because of... Sometimes they say because of the national debt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they say because we're spending all this money on other stuff that's also for you guys. (laughs) But they really do. They have all this money and they're devaluing our currency. When they introduce the... minimum wage of $15 it was it was great and now finally we're kind of getting dragged toward a minimum wage of $15 which if there's a federal minimum wage I'm not going to entertain any arguments from small business owners saying that if they pay their slaves slightly more that they'll go under if that's the case then fuck you
1: If you can't afford to pay your employees, then you're a shitty business owner and you're not doing very good business.
0: Absolutely. Your business
1: should be able to support your employees easily. If it can't, then your business is not doing that well. It doesn't bode well for your business. You just tuck in right now before you start taking the loss.
0: The thing is, when they introduced minimum wage $15, and I think Seattle, maybe some other locales have picked it up in the meantime, which is necessary because the cost of living out there is so high. Mm-hmm. If they pick up a federal minimum wage of $15 in 2021, it will be the equivalent of less than $12 at the time that it was introduced. What we need right now in 2021, we need a minimum wage of like $24. Right. That would be something where if I had a job and I made 24 bucks an hour, I'd be like, all right. That's more than I've ever made. Right. At a job. Right. I got friends around who work at jobs. They don't make $24 an hour at their job. Right. And so let's get that. Let's use that as a starting point. The reality of it is, if you're going to pay my buddy $24 an hour to work in his job, you know, I got a buddy. He's making less than that. I know this because he was just telling me like two days ago how much he makes at his job. Mm -hmm. You don't pay him in gold. You pay him in the fake money you make up. You pay him in the fake money and then you tell him he can't have health insurance it's no skin off your ass dude right it's all
1: part of the plan to suppress people it suppresses you mentally it suppresses you psychically It suppresses you emotionally and it makes it so you're not able to like be a fully actualized person because if you are fully actualized and if you are truly free, it would be a threat to them.
0: What would you do if you spent 0% of your time thinking about money, worrying about money, managing money, transferring money? Trying to accumulate it. Spending it. Spending it. Trying to save it. Uh Who amongst us has not gone and made a special trip to the store because something at the store was cheaper than it usually is? That's like the main reason you go to the store, not on a normal grocery day or Uh something, right? Uh Think of all the time you would have. What could you do? You could develop yourself- You could develop your energy you could put time into meditating and doing something positive for yourself for your friends and family what does the government fear more than anything they fear us not being tied to the global financial system the solution to that is not bitcoin
1: Right. It's not a more it is not a more obtuse and inscrutable and exclusive and exclusionary financial system.
0: <laughs> yeah, eg- exactly. And the thing is is that if somebody tries to sell you something as being an alternative to the global financial slavery we're all taking part in, then you know the operative word is sell. You're being asked to buy into something. With your made-up money that's not worth any gold. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So um, one of the things that they say with the people who are like, no, don't worry about it. It's not backed by anything. Yeah, technically it's not backed by anything. But it is backed by the taxes of the government that issues the money. Because they say that the government issuing tax bills to people and imposing taxes on people Creates a demand for the currency of that government to pay the taxes to the (laughs) government.
0: (laughs) That's good. That explanation came straight from the top. That's a a good one. You want to know a good tax fact? Yeah. Yeah. You only pay into Social Security and Medicare up to the first $110,000 of your income. The last time I checked, it was a hair over 15%. Uh Uh-huh. If you have a job, your employer pays half. If you're self-employed, you pay all that.
1: Mm hmm
0: So me and you, being self-employed people, whatever we pay in income tax, we pay 15%, 15 Mm 15.6% on top of that. Mm hmm And that ends at $110,000. When you make over $110,000, your segment of money you make past that, you don't pay Social Security and Medicare on top of that. If you make a million dollars, you pay... 15.6% 15.6% of the 110000 If you make $10 million, you pay that same small percentage. All of the tax money that the government has taken, and this is retreading common arguments that people have, but it's worth mentioning, it is a way to keep me and you in line. Right. People who are part of the 1% or the 0.1%, etc., are not even being fucking taxed in the same way we are. We are paying immensely more tax to the fucking government for the privilege of being taxed. By paying tax, that makes the money more real? That's great. I have not heard that one before. we brother if that works on people we gotta if you give me two hot dogs (laughs) that proves that the first one's real that's i'm gonna start doing that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do that with everything,
1: uh, so what did you learn about money? It's worse than I thought. It's awful
0: if you really think about it for an extended period of time, it's worse than you even thought. Mm-hmm. It consumes so much of your time and energy. Having to have the money, uh-huh. being terrified of what will happen if you run out of money. Mm-hmm. Having to try to arrange your entire social life, all of your relationships, to exclude the presence of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't l- ever talk about money. L-
0: yeah, lest the the demon of the financial system corrupt your relationships with your friends, family, peers, acquaintances, and coworkers.
1: It sure would be nice if everyone would just share. And then we wouldn't have to worry about any of this shit. <laughs> That's my solution to money.
0: Think about it. It's a great (laughs) solution. You know, if we can find a way to do it, we'll do it. If there's one place where you're guaranteed to get your fair share, Natalie.
1: Harlem Township. Free money.
0: Freedom from money. Oh. It's the first community formed around the exculpation. Right. Of the big green dollar. Hazel Technologies is another one of our sponsors, and they offer products to keep your fruit And vegetables fresh from the horrible reality of the financial market. Whether you're in debt or you're in a financial surplus, you're going to want to keep those veggies fresh. Hazel Technologies is going to do it for you. And last but not least, our newest sponsor, Corey Grella. She loves money. She loves money so much. uh, I asked her, uh, what are you representing? What are you trying to sell? Why are you sponsoring us? And she told me uh, what... Her job was, and she said, "Don't mention it." So, <laughs> okay, we may never know. <laughs> Thanks again to all of our sponsors, and of course, everybody who's subscribed. You're keeping it going. Chat about this episode in the Discord. Leave us suggestions for new episodes. Swing through, play our community games, and if you haven't joined yet, it's patreoncom university Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.